Welcome to all of our visitors. Today is an amazing day. The sun is shining, the weather is warming up, but the most wonderful thing about today is that we are celebrating our risen Savior. He lives, y'all. The tomb is empty and nothing, 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 nothing can come between us and the Lord. He is alive. He is reigning. He is ruling. And that is something for us to celebrate and to be excited about. And if you're not excited, it's okay, because I am. And even though we (laughs) celebrate today, I'm excited about it every single day, because every day I know that my Savior is alive, and I thank him. I thank him. For doing what he did, he died on the cross. There were nails in his hands and nails in his feet for me. That should have been me. But he did that for us because he loves us. And he laid in that grave for three days, and then he rose with all power. All I don't think you understand what all means. All, all is all yes, power. Yes, yes. I'm excited. I, I'm just so thankful. And we're celebrating 21 years as a church in this community. We have done so much for so many people. But again, that's because God is all powerful. And he has given us those provisions to be able to be a help. And I thank him for that too. So I'm just excited. So I'm just asking if you would please stand on your feet. I'm going to open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, today we celebrate. We know that we don't know the actual day, oh God, but Lord, we know the we know that this is something to celebrate for. Oh God, they beat you, oh Lord. They 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 took you to the cross, oh God. They pierced you in your nails and they they put nails in your feet and in your hand. And oh God, then they pierced you in your side and the blood, that perfect blood that has come down, oh God, is for all mankind, not just for me, not just for the people that are hearing this word. Lord, it is for all of the nations, oh God. And Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, oh Lord, because before the foundation of the world, you knew. You knew that we would need you, oh God, and you you had already made a way, oh Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you for your saving grace. We thank you for your power, Lord God. We thank you that you're omnipresent, oh Lord. We thank you that you're omniscient, oh God. Lord, we thank you for the power that lives in us because of you, oh Lord. God, we thank you for your strength, oh Lord. Lord, we thank you for your perfection, oh God. Lord, because we're imperfect people and we need a Savior, oh Lord. And we thank you, God, for saving us on that cross, oh Lord, conquering death, oh God. I don't think people understand the severity of death away from you, oh Lord. But because of your Son and the precious blood that covers us, oh God, Lord, we are able to be in the kingdom, oh Lord. God, I sin every single day, oh Lord. But because you are my Father, oh God, Lord, I ask for forgiveness. Thank you for the forgiveness, oh Lord. And I thank you, oh God, for still loving me even when I'm unlovable. God, we bless your holy name. You're so wonderful. We celebrate you today. We celebrate you every day. We thank you for rising, oh God. We thank you for being alive, oh God. And we thank you for being true. You are true. There's nothing else truer than you, oh God. You're wonderful. You're amazing. And we bless your holy name. It's in your wonderful saving name, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.
So to God be the glory for all the things that he has done. Amen? Amen. Yes. Please join in with us. Yeah. 
morning. Wow, good morning. He is risen. And man, he is risen indeed. We are so glad this morning. Our praise team will be back in a bit to continue to worship. I mean, lead us in worship. But we are so glad that this Resurrection Sunday, that this day we can be together with even more of you. I am excited. I am thankful. I am grateful. God has been wonderful to us, even throughout all that has happened this past year. God has still been wonderful for us. You know, here's the deal that happens. Regardless of what happens, the resurrection is still true. Regardless of what had happened, Jesus is still Lord of all. He still died. He was buried. And on the third day, he still rose. Nothing changes. And so from year to year, whatever may change in your life, the one thing that is constant that should be constant is that Jesus is resurrected. And because of that, you and I live in the power of the resurrection. And if you are someone this morning, whether you're here or you're watching, and you have not experienced that, I just trust, I, I implore you that you, in obedience to the call and the command of God, Come to Jesus, follow him, and realize the change that it makes in your life. And so I want to welcome everyone back, those who have been regularly attending, those who, you know, now who feel even more comfortable coming back. Um, and to our visitors, thank you again for worshiping with us. We are grateful. We are excited. But the other thing that I want to mention, too, is this Resurrection Sunday for us is also Anniversary Sunday for us. And so this is our 21st anniversary. I know the odd years may seem strange, except when you couldn't celebrate the banner years. This becomes 21 is the new 20. And so we are grateful to the Lord for giving us 21 years. We'll have a little bit more highlight um, later, but I want to encourage you today just to continue to celebrate God's faithfulness and what he has done. Uh, he has been faithful to all of us. And um, I know you can, you can talk about all the things that has happened over this past year that has hurt, um, that has been tough to deal with. We can focus on that, but if that's all you focused on. You've missed what the Lord wants you to see in addition to that. And that through it all, his faithfulness has been here. I want to thank all of you guys, first of all, for your prayers and your condolences um, toward my family. Um, this has been a hard one. And yet, um, even though the passing of my sister was expected, as she battled for years, and yet um, you're never prepared for that person not being there. And I thank you guys for your prayers and your support. Um, thank you that I know that you've loved, um, that you love, and that you 
continue to love. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for the Solid Word family. Um, just for you guys as a point of reference, we'll be traveling down this week <clears throat> um, for her memorial service um, as we celebrate uh, her life. And um, just pray for, um, for all of us, you know, her children, um, for our family, and that God is honored and that her life is celebrated. You know, when a believer um, goes home, Psalm 116 tells us, precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. That verse is loaded. It is. Because number one, how God sees it is not how we see it. Number two, they're his. Number three, he has eyes on them. He didn't miss it. So he says, precious in the sight of the Lord. He sees it. Are the death of his saints. And I love that word saints. He calls us saints. The holy and perfect God calls us holy ones. Hagias. I mean, that's what that word saints means, holy ones. And he is the one that gave it to us. So it is a reminder for us. And even today on this Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus's victory over death and thus freeing us from our sin and from the fear of death and the sting of death, we can remember you don't have to fear it. Oh, we may grieve it, but we don't have to fear it. And this morning we'll hear more on that later. So I want to have our... <clears throat> Praise team to come back up. Um, they're going to lead us in some worship. Guys, allow the Lord just to bless you. You know, sing with us. Pray with us. Um, um, enjoy the company of other saints. Enjoy the company of other people as together we worship what Christ has done this resurrection day. Amen. So this next song that we're going to sing, um, it's a story. It's about a person reaching out to God at a time when they're lost. I'm going to try my best to get through it because the song is so much of me and all of us that at one point just didn't know what to do. And going to God and trying to figure out, Lord, how do I reconcile or what do I need to do to fix this? And God reminds us about Calvary and that the debt has already been paid. And what we need to do is call out to the Lord and he will save. He will change. He will heal. Amen. He will deliver. And I thank him for my deliverance. And I thank him for him comforting me. And again, I just, just pray with us as we sing this song. But think about your testimony. Think about your time alone with the Lord and the things that you've called out to him about. And remember that there was once a time when you felt hopeless, and now with him you have, you're hopeful. And I just thank God for his love. What shall I do?
what shall I do? We have a savior. 
to the Lord for his sacrifice. Yes, Lord. Thank you. His sacrifice for us. We didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But he's there for us all the time. He's grafted us unto his loving arms and called us his children. And we are here Savior, Jesus Christ, who is our Redeemer, he has redeemed us, and we love him because we know on the third day he rose and he lives, our Redeemer lives, my Redeemer lives.
ever lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. celebrating God's faithfulness to us. I mean, the whole point of Resurrection Sunday is God coming through on his promise that he would have a savior, a redeemer, that he would have one that would pay the price for our mess up, for our sin, for our going against and disobeying the Lord, that we would have one day, one that would be perfect, that he would send, that would put us back into relationship with God. And really, that's what we celebrate today, God holding true um, on his promise and being faithful. And so also for this, anniversary, we are also celebrating his faithfulness to us. And because he was faithful in sending a redeemer and one who would die in our place and one who would make it possible that we can stand in the presence of God, he has also been faithful to this local group of believers that came from that promise being made good on now for 21 years. Somebody ought to get excited. See, I know many times we take for granted. We take for granted. God's going to do it. He's going to be there. He's going to be faithful. And we don't recognize huh, the vastness of what he has done and what he continues to do. We do know that everyone is not going to stand in the presence of the Lord when all this is over. We do know that not everyone will enjoy being with Christ in eternity. We do know that not everyone will understand what it means to live a life in Christ. We do know that. But I know one thing. Those of you sitting here today that have trusted Christ you are one of those who have experienced it and will continue to experience it. And that should excite you. And so today, as we look at the history, as we, and I'm, I'm not going to read the history. You can, you can go and look on our website, but just from, from the very small beginnings um, in, in a room outside the pool area. Wow at the Quality Inn 
and that I always remember you knew it was time for service to end when you heard the people out at the pool because they started gathering. And then to be able to move from place to place and God always meeting the need every time. God always meeting the need for a place and for people and for finances and for whatever else we needed and those of you that were added on along the way and some of us who were taken out and came back you know and 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 those who were here for the whole time you saw God's faithfulness from place to place and then when I just remember this place when we when we had heard about it and many of you have heard the story that we've we heard about this place that had been sitting on the market for years and no one had put a bid on it. That's what we found. No one had put a bid on the place at all. And it has sat here and had gotten moldy. As a matter of fact, I remember as we walked through the property that day when we were first, you know, as we first um, was given entrance and we were like, wow, this place hasn't been touched in years. And you could see the mold that was growing in different places. The one thing I remember is I realized how allergic to mold I was because I got sick after that visit. I remember having to be out from the office and recovering because I had gotten sick from all the mold that was in here. And then it turned into God miraculously giving the place because it was worth a whole lot more than the woman released it for. But then again, she had to because that was the Lord. And when he decides, he does it. And then we remember that this small congregation got this loan. And then when we got this loan, it kind of surprised the seller because the question was asked. And you go, how do you know this information? Because I was involved in that process. And, and, and the seller asked, do they even, no, are they serious about the offer that we made? And the realtor at the time said they have, they've been pre-qualified for a mortgage and she was surprised. And then we settled on the price and I just remember that we had our top end budget. We said, we can't go over this because we will always be a fiscally, a, a fiscally responsible ministry. We are not going over this. And we gave our top end price and she came in. We didn't, she didn't even know because we didn't tell her what our top end price was because we didn't want her to begin there. But as the negotiations happened that we ended right where we said we can go no higher. That was the Lord again in action. And so as we, for those of you that don't know or remember, as we sit here on 20 acres of land in the middle of Indianapolis, as a matter of fact, probably that last space where, that last part, that last space where wildlife still feels comfortable, as we were here on Thursday, getting ready to leave, Lavanya came over to the side of the building, which we don't normally, and she called me over and said, look, our, 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 our friend, the family of deer, were out in the parking lot. And this is not the first nor second. I've seen them repeatedly, and they were hanging out right here over at the side, and I just thought, 
this is probably the last piece of land they can hang out with in the city because most of it is wooded. And I just remembered, God, look at what you've done. That for 21 years, you've kept this, this fellowship. And through high and through low times, you've kept this fellowship. You've kept this congregation. You've added, and yes, you've taken away, and that you've allowed us to go through some fire. And yet God has been able to continue to, to, to bless us and to show his faithfulness. And then what ends up happening? He gets us to the point and in a position where even the mortgage company is excited. Can I tell you what the what our rep with the mortgage company said? See, because we had this challenge, and y'all helped us meet it, that this week we actually paid off in full our mortgage. Now, I'm so glad I didn't have to tell y'all to get excited. See, understand when we started this process, it was just over 1.1 million. That was number one. Number two, we've paid it off in about 14 years. Now, why that is so exciting, let me tell you what the mortgage reps said. As we were coming close to this, he asked me a while ago if he could, and then the pandemic happened, so I guess we'll do it later, if he could talk about our story. And, and the credit is given to so many folk, some of that who are not here and, 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 and those that have set things up and put the structure in place and, and, and have made sure that we were paying off ahead of time. He said, to have a congregation of this size pay it off early, he says, is beyond belief. He says, but to have a predominantly African-American congregation pay it off in this time is miraculous. And so it's not for us to walk around with our chest out. We are to be grateful to God that even in a pandemic, we could get to this end. And that's because y'all have been faithful because God has been faithful to y'all. That because he's been faithful to you, you passed on that faithfulness to this fellowship. And I want you to remember that as we move forward, this is not an end. This is a beginning. This wasn't just, I mean, this wasn't some sort of end destination. This is a launching pad for what God is calling us to do after, for the most part, I'm sorry, y'all, he gave us. You don't get 20 acres of land in the middle of a city for just over 800000 And then to be able to renovate that into what you see today. And then to be able to pay that off 
in record time where it tends it, where it turns the heads of financial people. That's not for us to beat our chest and say, look at how good we are. God is saying, I did this so you can know how faithful I am to you and how faithful you are to be the me and the community I've placed you in. This is no accident. We are not here by chance. And we've only scratched the surface with what God wants to do in and through us. And it is not to have a holy huddle, to have some sort of Christian club here at 4374 West 52nd Street. This is, that's not the purpose. The purpose is that God would be honored, that God would be seen as great as he is, and that we would do the work that he has given us. Y'all, this is just a beginning. I don't know all of what the Lord will do. Yes, we have desires and plans and vision, and we'll be sharing them over the coming weeks and years as to what we want to see. But one thing that we know, God has freed us from a debt that frees us up to minister in this community. Now, I want you to know there was a little hiccup there because um, right as midweek hit, I asked Sister Lavanya, I said, okay, so have we officially paid it off? And she came to me. She said, well, technically, no. I was like, what do you mean? What happened? She said, through some mix-up with the fees for the clothes, for finishing everything off, we have 66 cents left on this mortgage. I said, can you please make sure that they take these 66 cents? I was like, really? She said, really? So she sent an email, please take the remaining amount. I said, 66 cents after 1.1 million, please. And so they took that as well. But thank God for his faithfulness to us. I thought for a second, Lord, I'm not going to be able to say we paid it off. We got 66 cents left. Who got 66 cents? (laughs) Your coffee costs a whole lot more than that, even if you made it at home. I'm just so grateful to the Lord. And you know what? As we um, end this, I've asked our elder, um, Jerry Wright, if he can come and to pray for us corporately. And then we're going to get into our communion. Yes, it's a little longer service today than it normally is. And uh, y'all going to be all right, I promise, right? And and, uh, But he's going to pray for us. And then we are going to get into communion and to really thank the Lord for his precious gift. Christ so that we could now live a resurrected life. But praise be to God. Yes, we will do the traditional mortgage burning later, and we'll set that up as a specific time. And, and but, but I wanted y'all to know that God, on this 21st anniversary, has set us free from debt. <laughs> when he really, on this anniversary of his death and resurrection, set us free from debt. Amen. My brother, why don't you come on up? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Would you guys join me in prayer? 
on this fourth day of April 2021, Lord, we bless your holy name. Thank you so much for brand new mercies. Not the mercies from the third or the second. Brand new mercies, April 4th, 2021. But we will never experience this um, April 4th um, spring morning again. So, Lord, why would we allow the stones to cry out for us? Hallelujah to your name. We bless you this morning because of your grace and your mercy. We have relationship with you. Thank you for the relationship that you established with us some thousands of years ago. When we all were on our merry way. And you saved us. And Lord, I'm sure we all have great testimony of how through Sunday school, through someone praying for us, the day that you saved our soul. And we just thank you so much for the great gift of salvation. Thank you for Jesus, for being the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Thank you so much, Jesus, for dying on the cross for being obedient all the way to the point of death. What a great opportunity we have. You've blessed us. You've been so gracious to us, 21 years of, of service here in this community. The spiritual things that you've allowed us to do by taking the gospel cross-culturally and the needs that you are allowing us to meet here in our Jerusalem, in this Pipe Township. And Lord, you allow each one of us to go to our own homes and destinations and be impacts for you. Hallelujah to your name. Lord, we thank you so much for the preached word that has gone forth from this, um, from Solid Word Bible Church, from airways, from, from this pulpit, from tapes and CDs for 21 years, from the chlorine-smelled room, all the way here to 4374 West 52nd. We are so grateful for the friendships and um, the family that we've been able to um, serve with. And we are so um, grateful that you would still give us more privilege. And we thank you for the wisdom of your word. We thank you for the times of the ups and downs. And we thank you so much for great is your faithfulness. So Lord, as you prepare our hearts for communion, as we commune once, um, one with another, we ask you to um, just begin working on our hearts as we prepare ourselves, as we reflect, and then as we look forward to the day that you will come back for us all. But since there's still time, and you are still holding back your wrath and holding and extending your grace. Lord, we pray that as the word of God goes forth today all across the world, that someone might be saved. And those of us who have a relationship with you, we pray that the word as it goes forth, that we will be revived. Uh, that we will be restored, renewed, prepared, uh, even for the rest of this day to be godly ambassadors for you. So we love you so much and we are so grateful. 
that we get this privilege to be able to draw near to you in prayer corporately and celebrate you. So we say hallelujah to your name. And we ask that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight as we continue with this service. Strengthen our pastor on his inner man and allow him with boldness to be able to proclaim the good news of the gospel. And may someone be saved and may we be revived. In Christ's name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we get ready to partake. <clears throat> you know, I normally start at verse 17 as a reminder. But this morning, I am going to start at verse 23, but I want us to remember all these years doesn't happen of people staying in fellowship if there isn't true fellowship. In other words, the call of communion is the call of fellowship in Christ. That's what it is. And he says, whatever it is that is causing you to be out of fellowship with one another, God says, get it together because you're not honoring the body of Christ when you're out of fellowship with each other. He says, because that's why I died. So number one, you would be in fellowship with me. And number two, you would be in fellowship with one another. And if those two things are not happening, you're not living out of what I've done. And so starting at verse 23, for I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You proclaim, in essence, what his death has meant. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. I love that, not your neighbor yourself and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself God calls us to discern what the body is about and our actions follow that is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died but if we judge ourselves truly we would not be judged. This morning, as we eat of the bread, may we remember the body of the Lord that was broken for us and that we would give ourselves over to be broken for him. Let's eat together.
Now we also know without the spilling of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. That is what God had set through the whole um, system of sacrifice, the whole sacrificial system that was always the shedding of blood. And remember this, Jesus gave his life for you. Who are you giving your life for? Let's drink together. Father, we thank you that you allowed your body to be broken and your blood to be spilled so that we can stand here today in your presence, cleaned, forgiven, considered holy ones, not because of any greatness of our own, but because of your greatness and the gift of sacrifice. Father, may we continue to discern the body, what it means to be one in you, and that you made it possible for us to be in you. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to have you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That will be our base scripture, although we will be looking at two others as we go along. And this morning, I want to thank our musicians for sure. I had to look around for a second. I was like, wait a minute, who is that on the drums? That's my multi-talented sister from that multi-talented family. And I want to thank our elder, uh, elder music up here, uh, our brother Charles Wright, who can not only preach uh, this stage off, but can also lead us in worship. Amen. And I thank the Lord for the praise singers and the team as you have led us in worship wonderfully this morning. And so I thank God for everyone who's participated to make this in-person worship experience uh, fantastic. It has been a wonderful day. But this morning, I want us to take a look at this as I look at, and, and one of the things that you have to be careful of when it comes to Easter is that you don't just, um, you don't just get lazy and say, let's just, hey, um, let's just preach what I've always preached, although the scripture should never get old. It should be fresh every time you hear it because God is showing you something more about himself. But I wanted to focus on an aspect that I might not have focused on. And one of the things that, that, that just stood out to me was this thought, which is what I use as a title, where Jesus reigns, there is resurrection. And, and, and we see it in different points. We see it in different times throughout his time on earth, culminating in his own resurrection, but which would lead to ours, and it's, it's, I love how God demonstrates who he is, what he can do, and what he's going to do along the way, and he gives us encouragement so that we believe and so that we trust him, and so we can never say, God, you've not done enough for me to trust you. 
You've not done enough for me to lay myself on you and to, and to, and to believe what you say and to believe who you are. I wrote this down. Jesus told them who he was and is, the Son of God. He told them what he would do. He said that he would die for their sins and that he would be resurrected. I didn't believe him. He told them how he would do it. He told them that he would be hung on a tree. And he told them that in three days, I'm out. And so all of us can say that. Only one did it. See, I can make a lot of claims. I can say a lot of things. But if I never back it up, you heard me share this story before as I was sitting in Georgetown Market. And this was, of course, pre-COVID. So I was sitting there having lunch. You might remember the story. If you don't, great. If you do, bear with me. I'm eating my lunch, and a young guy, he comes in with his kids, and he sees a book that I'm reading, and, you know, we're sitting down, and his kids are being kids, you know, and he apologizes for them being loud. I was like, please, dude, let your kids be kids. I'm fine. And so um, we start to talk, and he asks, what am I reading? And I show him the book, and um, I don't even remember the book right now, but I know that... um, it was a um, gospel-focused book, and it showed him. And he talked about growing up, going to church and hearing about Jesus. He says, but I don't know if I believe it all still. And he said, you know, there are so many others that are claiming and that are saying things. How do you know who's true? Actually, he said, how do you know who to follow? And I proceeded to tell him, I said, listen, I understand there are a lot of people saying a lot of things and making a lot of claims. But let me tell you what Jesus did. And I began just to walk down how he fulfilled prophecies and how he said something, how something was said of, of, of him hundreds of and thousands of uh, hundreds of years. And then it came to pass with him. He said things that prophets of old said he would say and he and then it culminated in him proclaiming that he would die and that in three days he would be resurrected and that he would and I said and everything he said he would do he did I said and it's documented with eyewitnesses and so I looked at him and I said and he finished my sentence I said when Someone else comes that can do greater than what Jesus did. He finished my sentence. He said, you'll follow them. I said, you're exactly right. I said, when someone can come better than Jesus, I'll follow them. But I know no one's coming better than Jesus. And so with that in mind, where Jesus reigns, there is resurrection. And I want us to see how he gave us glimpses of that or how the scriptures did. I'm going to look at number one. He did it with Lazarus. That was our entrance. Yes, he healed others along the way and he raised a daughter, but, but 
but broadly he did it with Lazarus. Then he did it for the holy ones on Resurrection Day, a, a scripture that we tend to bypass in Matthew 27. He did it on Resurrection Day, demonstrated, and then three, he will do it and does it for all who believe in him and are his. And so where Jesus reigns, there's resurrection. And I'm going to ask you, are you living in the power of the resurrection or are you living in the result of the resurrection? Is Jesus reigning in your life because where Jesus reigns, there's resurrection? Father, I pray that as we get into your word, we would hear what you are saying, we would see what you are showing us, and you and we would follow where you are leading. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. First Corinthians 15, verse 20, as Paul is answering this question that was posed about is there truly resurrection of the dead? And then he starts off in that section at verse 12 when he says, if there's no resurrection, then all these different things would be true. And, but then he says in verse 20, he changes it. it it's not a if, it's but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. As Paul was concluding how he was talking about it, he says, look and understand this. Jesus, in fact, was resurrected, period, and is still alive. And because of that, there are some things that have happened as a result. But I want us to understand and to think this way, this resurrection day, where Jesus reigns, there is resurrection. He did it with Lazarus. Turn to John chapter 11. And we know the story. Lazarus is sick. He is ill. And um, he gets word of it. And after he gets word of it, it says he stays longer. I mean, that's just... I, that's just not what you do. That's just not what you do. I heard that my sister had taken a turn for the worse, and I didn't say I'm going to sit around because I wasn't Jesus. I knew that I wasn't going to be resurrecting anyone. And so I went down to see her while she could recognize me, and I was grateful that I did. I was able to pray with her as she began her journey home to the Lord. But he didn't do that. Jesus waited until he knew Lazarus was dead, and then he leaves. And as he gets there, verse 20, Martha understands who she's dealing with. She just doesn't fully understand who he is. Verse 20 says, so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. She knew the power of Jesus, and she knew who he, is, who he was. 
Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She says, I know what you have planned. I know, like all of us, your plan is for all those who are yours to be resurrected. And Jesus said to her, I love this. See, I don't just do resurrections. See, I, I, we have to understand that because sometimes we look at Jesus for what he just does. See, people say, he's a miracle worker. No, he is the miracle. You know, he's a way maker. Yeah, he is, but no, he is the way. He doesn't just do things. He says, I am things. And so here he says, Jesus said to her, I know you're looking at the resurrection day, but he said, I am the resurrection and the life. One of those I am statements. Whoever believes in me, though he die, because all y'all going to die, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's what he said. And, and, and so I'm going, do I believe what? You just said I'll never die. I mean, you just said, though I die, I live, and, and, and those who believe will never die. I, what? We know what he was saying is, though physically you may leave this earth, you will live on forever with me in eternity. Can I let you in on a secret? Everyone will live forever. Everyone. Understand that. Every person born on this planet will live forever. It's just not everyone will live forever with Jesus. And so the living he speaks about is with him. Because without him, you're not living. So he, is, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, though he die physically, yet he shall live because he will live spiritually on with me, that vitality of life. And if you believe in me, you'll never die, not physically, because he just said, though you die, you live. He said, you will never have a spiritual death. It will, you will never be permanently separated from me. Then he says to Martha, do you believe this? Because she talked about what she believed. And I believe that you're going to resurrect on the last day. He was like, okay, you understand that. But let me give you something else. Do you believe this? And then, of course, she answers, I believe you are the son of God coming to the world. And then, of course, we know the story that he goes. And Lazarus, having now been dead for more than three days, and people are like, yo, you're going to open up the tomb? He smells about now, man. And we know he calls him out because he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he was, he was demonstrating his authority over death at that point publicly and letting us know I have authority over death. And so he says, look, wherever Jesus reigns, there is resurrection. But then he did it with the holy ones. Turn to Matthew 27. And it's this verse that sometimes we pass over. And no, this is not a pet cemetery moment for those who know the movie. You know what I'm talking about. For some of you that don't, good luck, parents, explaining that movie. 
Sorry about that. I'm going to look at verse 50. And in Matthew's account of what happened at the death, he, he, he goes into the future just a little, and it says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. He died. Verse 6. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. Earthquake. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and, and, and were raised. Coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. I was like, whoa. Can you read that one again? See, he again was demonstrating his ability for resurrection. And in this particular case, now when he was resurrected, it looks like they came out before he died. It's not. And, 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 and you need to read it and read it through. Some of the ands that were placed in there are not there. They were just given for clarification. But the way that actually reads is that they came out of the tombs after he was resurrected. And so it says, and some of the saints, some of the holy ones, some of the saints. And so what ends up happening? He already said in Lazarus, I am the resurrection and the life. And then he calls forth that which was dead and brings them to life. Number one, it was an example of his physical authority over death, but also his spiritual authority because he would bring us all back to life and would call us all out. And those of us who know Christ heard the voice of the Lord calling and we came out of death. And so that's why I believe solely in that the Lord calling and choosing us because a dead person doesn't respond to anything. I've heard this before and I believe it. Alarm clocks don't wake people up. People say it doesn't. Put an alarm clock in the, mor in a, in the morgue and find out how many people wake up. Alarm clocks don't wake people. Oh, it may stimulate and may help you with the noise, but the fact that you were still alive, you heard the clock. And so he called to the dead, just like he did to Lazarus, and we came out. But on that resurrection day, something interesting happened is that he was demonstrating his his, his wholesale, his covering of authority over death in that it says that some of the saints selected ones on the day of his resurrection. Yes, when he died, there was the earthquake that is known in Scripture as one of the signs of judgment. Yes, but yet Jesus paid that price of judgment and that we know that, that, that as he died and as he laid there, when he was resurrected, the tomb, not only was his tomb opened, I believe what would have happened if he had not called Lazarus by name happened on that day. Several came out. So he was resurrected and he chose for some saints, some holy ones of old that had died before him to come out. We don't know him or who it was. We don't even know how long they lived. Matthew didn't give us that information. One thing we do know. Not only were they resurrected, 
Last time I checked, unless you just died like Lazarus, and most of those, I mean, and all of them had not. They said saints of old. And the, these were people that had been dead and gone for a while. If they were resurrected, there's this problem of skin. There's this problem of a body. If a body lays in the ground over time, there is no, all you have is bones. And if it lays long enough, some of those are gone. But it says here in the text that on that day that he resurrected, his resurrection power is so great that it caused them to be resurrected, have a body, appear to people in the city on that day. See, he was demonstrated that wherever I reign is resurrection. See, and we think this resurrection thing or this Easter thing, oh, it's nice with the bunnies. Yeah, please. Yeah, celebrate and have fun with that. But understand this resurrection thing is deep and the power is real. And he caused these saints to, to wake up and come into the city. I'm telling you all right now. I would be done. I open my door. I'm going to tell you right now, as much as I love my mother, if I open the door, I hear a knock or someone rings my bell and I open the door, it's been almost 23 years that she's been gone. And if I saw her standing there, y'all better call the paramedics because I'm passing out. They get up, they walk into see why? Because they are demonstrating that Jesus is resurrection. I love that. Saints of old. We don't know who they We don't even know if they stuck around or if they ascended with Christ. We don't know any of that. We just know that they were resurrected, got a body, walked into the city, and people saw them. And then lastly, we know that he will do it for all those who believe. And that's our first Corinthians text. And this is for us. Understand this. We may. And, and, and these are my thoughts this week, too, as we. Um, as we said, see you later. Um, to one of our family. God doesn't want us to fear death. We grieve it. Yes. If you don't grieve it, I want to know, did you really love the person? Did you really care for the person if you're not grieving them being gone? But we grieve death or grieve over death, but we don't fear it. We're not afraid. Oh, we don't like necessarily the process. Nor all of the things that it brings about. You know, for me, one of the toughest things this past week, and it's still tough, was knowing that I had to leave the hospital because my flight was that day. And I went that morning. And as I prayed over my sister and as I kissed her, and as I turned around and I walked out, I knew I was not going to see her on this side of eternity again. And that's tough, y'all. That's tough. I didn't want to leave, but I needed to. And so you may grieve it, but you don't fear it. She told one of her daughters, she said, look, 
She said, I'm tired. And while she's unable to talk, I'm tired. But I'm ready to meet my Lord. See, the resurrection causes us to have a soberness about life, but to rejoice in it, knowing that it is not an end, but a transition. We know scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the believer. And so he does all this because he knows for all of us death is certain. And so he couches it with the teaching and the instruction and the demonstration of resurrection so that we live out of the power of the resurrection and not in the fear of death. And this is what happens because of what Christ has done. Let me ask you, are you living in the power of the resurrection of Jesus? Because wherever he is, there is resurrection. Or are you living in the fear of death? There are many people today that are living under the shadow and in the fear of dying. Because it's an end. Oh, my, it's over. Oh, this is over. Oh, it's done. Oh, it's, oh, it's. I said, understand, it's really, it's just the beginning for the believer. And he says in verse 20 of chapter 15. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And what he was saying when he said that, the first fruits, it is. It is the first of its kind as a guarantee of more to follow. So when you had a harvest, you had the first fruits. And the first fruits was demonstrating the kind of harvest you were going to have. And you would bring those first fruits and be like, wow. And, and then, in essence, what you're saying is there's a whole lot more. There's more that came from. So when you brought the first fruits, it wasn't the last fruits. And so what he did when he was resurrected, he was saying, there's more whole lot more that are coming. And he says that have fallen asleep. I love that because it is not a permanent end. And so that resurrection is for us. But then he goes on down in verse 50. And he settles it for us. He says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable, which means you in your flesh as you are now cannot obtain the kingdom of God. You must be different. You must be made new. And he says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. And he says that everyone will experience, maybe he says that, that whole sleep of death, but that we will be changed. We shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed, all of us. He said the dead shall be raised and those who are still alive, we all shall be changed. In the verse that we all remember, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. And that must means it has to happen. And I'm just going to tell you now, since everything else he said has come to pass, so will this. See, he is settling you. He is helping you to understand what I said I did, what I say I do, what I say I do. 
And so he says, if I don't say it, you know, he said, I won't say it unless I'm going to do it. And he says that you must put on an imperishable body. I've got to change you. Thus, I will. And because of my resurrection, there will be a resurrection for you, even if you are one of those that don't fall asleep. He says, when the perishable puts on imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, and he's talking about in its totality for humankind, then shall come to pass the saying that the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Because he said he reigns early until the last enemy is conquered. What is that last enemy? Death. Why? Because it ends. It brings about fear. It brings about grief. It brings about pain and suffering. But he says, listen, I'm going to conquer that too. I just haven't done it yet. Not because I can't. It's just not time. And in the fullness of time, they're going bye-bye too. And when he says conquer death, he's already conquered it for himself, first fruits. And there's more to come. He's going to conquer it for us. So wherever Jesus reigns, there is resurrection. But you have to understand that first, that resurrection needs to happen from your spiritual deadness. If in this life you never surrender to Christ, you never embrace his death, burial, and resurrection. If you never believe these things that he asked of Martha to believe, if you never take it as yourself and live out of that, none of this applies. Oh, you will live eternally, but it will be without Jesus. Oh, you may die and will most likely die in fear because you don't know what's beyond. And when you arise, you will realize that God was right. But if you embrace Christ, all this applies. All of it is for you. Not only that, he resurrects those areas in our lives that we messed up. So let me ask you a few questions. Are you looking forward to a resurrection? For you, because there's already been an initial resurrection from your spiritual deadness, are you looking forward to the resurrection in Christ? Have you experienced Jesus being the resurrection for you by bringing you to life in him? Let me ask you more. Is he bringing the dead areas of your life back to life as you surrender it to him? Those things that you've messed up, that you've killed. And when Christ touches and he reigns, he brings resurrection. Oh, he may not bring it back the way it was. I'm not saying that. But he's going to bring life in your life as you surrender it to him. Martha understood that Jesus has life in himself because he is life. Jesus let her know that he is life, and he's letting each of us today know that he is. Understand, there is coming that time when this mortality will put on immortality. There will be 
no more sicknesses. And I know that we say that many times when people have transitioned, have gone on, and, and I know we say it to comfort others, but understand this, folks. Please understand this. Is that in Christ there is resurrection. Not just from the spiritual deadness, not just one day because we will all be with him, but even in all the areas of your life. Are you living the resurrected life? Or is it just words to you? Is it just something we say every Easter as it passes around and then we forget all about this resurrection stuff until next time this year? Um, next, <laughs> next time, this time next year. Wow, I said it backwards. Until this time next year. Is it? Do we think about the resurrected life on June 25th? Do we think about the resurrected life on November 1st? See, you should be every day grateful that you have been born again into the family of God and now are able to live a resurrection life. So whenever and that time comes that you transition, it's from life to life. But understand, if you are without Christ, that transition is from death to death. You are a dead man or woman walking right now, and you will die eternally later. And Jesus says, but you don't have to. The good news is I've already made all the arrangements. You just got to get on the train. I've done everything I needed to do. You just got to get on. All you got to do is say yes and accept it. As a matter of fact, you didn't have to do anything to earn it. You couldn't. He just says the door is open. Are you going to get on? And so today, let's rejoice. Wherever Jesus reigns, there is resurrection. Does he reign in your life? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that the reign of Christ is resurrection. Father, that what he has done and what it culminated in is not only freedom from our sins, but a resurrection to new life. Father, if there is no resurrection, then we are still all in our sins. But because you have been raised, we have been freed. And I pray that this morning that those who are unsure would be sure by submitting themselves to you. And that those who are sure would live in the freedom of real and true resurrection. One day knowing that they too, we too, will be in our new bodies. And we will say to death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Thank you for this day that we can remember what you've done. Help us to live out of it every day. As we commit ourselves to you in Christ's name, amen.